0: And listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart
1: and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Just a little thing before the podcast starts this week. I want to alert all you lovely women out there about an opportunity to join me and an absolute bevy of wonderful wise women. On the 9th and 10th of March this year, I am hosting the first online conference for women discussing the three principles and non-duality, both as distinct and separate spiritual teachings. This is a conference designed for women by women. We are going to be talking about all the things that women want to talk about. Love, marriage, death relationships, anxiety, depression, birth, all of the things that that women want to talk about in their lives, we're going to take a deep dive into the practicality, the practical wisdom, the practical spirituality that we're all looking for on a day-to-day basis to help us live more gentle, loving lives. Now, I've only mentioned some of the topics we're going to be speaking about. I'd love you to go ahead and take a look at the online page at the moment that's available. It will give you all the details of the conference, all the details of the speaker. I mean, we have Elsie Spittle, Jan Chipman, um, Fiona Lucas, uh, Judy Sedgman, myself <laughs> all these wonderful wise warm loving women who've lived who, who who know what life is is really about we also have some very young speakers people who are new to this understanding people such as my daughters um Lauren and Nikki Ford and also a young woman called Mia Rosenberg I would just love you guys to hear them speak about the differences that this understanding has made to their lives on various topics, such as love and relationships. When you're a young woman, a young teenager, you know, love can look like a battlefield, and how simple and beautiful this understanding can make life and relationships. They'll be talking about bullying, they'll be talking about eating disorders, they'll be talking about anxiety. So, we're looking at women through the various phases and stages in their life from young women in the kind of first act of their life, women in the second act where there's children and chaos, and women like me in the third act of their life who are basically really taking a deep dive into what it is that makes them human. And I guess what we'd love to do is to share that wisdom with any woman who's willing to listen. To teach them and to mentor them and to help them see the beauty that is actually in life. So you don't just get two days of the conference. All of the, you know, the conference is going to be recorded so you can access it whenever you want. You don't have to physically be there. You're also going to get 30 days of practical wisdom delivered into your inbox following on from the conference and the opportunity to come and spend time with us for two live question and answer sessions just to try to consolidate your learning. I hope you're going to join me. Speak soon. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human Podcast. Tonight my guest is a lovely lady called Liliana Bellini. I studied with Liliana probably about four years ago actually at the One Thought Institute where we did our nine-month training with Mara Gleason, as she was then, Aaron Turner, Linda Pransky and all sorts of wonderful teachers as we went through a journey of rediscovering who we are at our essence. Liliana, can you introduce yourself for me? Sure, sure.
0: Uh, first of all, thank you for having me and inviting me. It's it's lovely to to reconnect with you. It was it's great to be training with you, and it's lovely to reconnect and I see your lovely face and I have a conversation with <laughs> you. Today. Thank you. Um, so my name is Liliana, and I have I'm Italian. I come from Lake Como, but I've been in, in, in London for uh, 30 years. I came to learn English and then I stayed because I'm still learning English. <laughs> uh, and that's true, really. Um, and um, I uh, have uh, four children, uh, three boys and a girl. The girl is it's my stepdaughter, but she's like a daughter. And she's lived with us for many years. And um, she's a big woman and she has uh, four children. She's just wow. had her fourth, so we are grandparents as well. I'm um, uh, married to Michael and uh, I live in North London. And I, uh, um, I have a little bit of a background in uh, fine arts and, and fashion design from uh, when I was in Italy. And then uh, uh, when I came, I became very interested in the complementary medicine. So I went on to, to train as a homeopath and a naturopath. And uh, I practiced that in town for uh, my private practice and in a clinic for 14 years. And then uh, I trained as a as, um, three principal practitioners, um, Four years ago, you said, yeah, four. Years. I think it was about four years ago, yeah. And that uh, kind of simplified everything and it kind of gradually took over my practice. So I now teach that, if we can call it teaching, but I share that in many different ways and different places uh, in, in, in two kind of different. There are two different areas of my practice. One is uh, the private, and I do my own clients. I have my own clients, and I have my own events, my own home seminars, mm. <laughs> uh, mini retreats, and I do them monthly. Um, and then I have more of the community work that I do, and uh, that has been going on for about three years when I started to work in... Uh, prison for Beyond Recovery and uh, running groups uh, for inmates and, um, and doing one-to-ones in prison. And then I became very, very kind of passionate about this. So I have been doing work outside. Basically, I show up. I, sh- I find myself showing up in different places now and it's becoming uh, quite... Quite full on, but really beautiful. I'm loving everything I do in the community as well. I've just uh, started a a program with a lady called Caroline Powell, uh, who's the founder of um, A Slice of Happiness. Mm -hmm. um, And that's a program for people affected by homelessness. And so I'm delivering there as well. And in schools, I've been doing schools, all pioneering stuff, but all about teaching uh, the three principles in, in however way is appropriate, mm. so, and um, and then uh, I yeah I did uh, I'm a founder of Insight Living, which is a, a social enterprise uh, that offers the three principles to marginalised people. Mm-hmm. I have a partnership with uh, another lady, but I think we have come to an agreement that is. Possibly we serve the cause best, not in a partnership. So there is something there that is happening, but it's all good because she can do her work in the way she wants to do it. And I will continue to do the work in the way that it feels right for me. Mm -hmm. So very busy and loving all of it, really, especially. Well, no, I'm I'm really loving all of it. And uh, of course, my life changed so i mean dramatically and um and then you just can't help wanting to share that yeah. because certainly uh i had a much more well a, a, there was a lot of suffering in my life um i seemed to live in uh, in the experience of fear for many years, um, uh, without even—I mean, people didn't know, and I hardly even realized that. But it, that was that was a uh, very limiting and and uh, hard and uh, and painful place to be. Mm-hmm. So when it went, I thought, "What's happening here?" <laughs> what happened because we're not always aware of of what's going on we just get so used to it and um we we yeah get used to this um low grade sometimes not so low grade uh very acute uh you know kind of humming noise that is Mm. in the background of our lives and we just get used to it. But then when it goes, we, we like, realise actually that it was there.
1: We, we, you know,
0: just turn off my phone. Sorry. I
1: think that's something that really becomes visible, isn't it, Liliana? That, that you don't realise that you're living or have been living in a low state of mind or, you know, depressive states or, you know, variable states in your life. Because that, that's your norm, mm-hmm and something that understanding the principles does is it gives you kind of gives you a template it gives you something to look at that says this is where my experience is coming from this is where my state of mind is in the moment and you feel it you feel it flowing kind of through yourself so you know where you are in any given moment in time i always remember on the course liliana you you seeing about halfway through the course and you were so excited, and you said, "I've fallen in love with my husband all over <laughs> again." I think you guys did a me or something. Yeah, and sort yeah. Of, I still remember you, how your eyes were sparkling, and you, you were just beaming. Yeah, love. I mean. How, yeah. how did your relationship all change after coming across this yeah it's amazing because you're saying that was four years ago mm.
0: and in the past i would i would have thought yeah did i say that and so what happened in the you know between then and now yeah. why is it not but it has sustained see? that's the, that's the thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and um I, you see, I, I, I think I lived, uh, I've, been, I've been with my husband for 30 years. And I, I think looking back, I can see that there's three different main phases mm-hmm. of, of our life together where my experience is concerned. And uh, I think uh, for the first 10 years, I lived in a constant uh, kind of uh, feeling of uh, lack I was lacking. And so, I mean, he had a big past and he had a lot of stuff that he brought to the relationship. So I, uh, I went into such an insecure state as a young wife and a young mom. And, uh, and so I was looking at him for to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And I did that for at least 10 years. So I was looking for something from him, that would make me feel better about myself, and I was really convinced that if only it would give me that thing, and I was—it wasn't just one, believe me.
1: It never <laughs> um, is, is
0: it? <laughs> I had a long list. I had a long list, and I kept constantly, you know, looking at him. So there was a constant feeling of, um, you know, not enoughness because mm-hmm. how can anyone ever give you enough mm-hmm. you know and um underline there is an underline there was an underlying sense that that was not gonna be the case but i i uh overlooked that and i kept demanding. is so to the point where I, 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 got drained by, you know, the whole experience. So it, 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 you know, it was tough and it was intense. It was very personal. It was very, uh, we had moments of, of great connection, but there were far and, and few in between because obviously, you know, he did his best for men, I think, you know, mm-hmm. this it, is just what I was seeing. And then, um, and then, uh, t- after you know we well we we lost we lost his son his son uh, took his own life and um um that that was a very difficult time for all of us um i am not talking about his experience because i learned so much about you know wisdom wisdom and resilience um on hindsight, mm-hmm. on hindsight, I didn't understand it then, but I realized and appreciated it. Um, it was a revelation. I thought, oh, that's how he came through. Yeah, it was the understanding that, that made me appreciate that, but that's mm-hmm. a different thing in a way. But uh, uh, when we lost uh, uh, um, our son. We, I, I kind of, I, I was jolted out in, from this place, space of life, self-obsession. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and I, I thought I have to do something. I have to do something to protect my children, the other children, mm-hmm. and to, to make sure that we're safe. Is this relevant? Is it okay? Oh, now? completely.
1: Okay. Completely. So,
0: and I'm going to turn the light on because it's going to mm-hmm. get... So I thought I become such a doer. I mean, I was one of my fears, as well as um, fear of not being loved, fear of not being enough, fear of being found out of not being enough, you know, uh, fear of being abandoned that I had. It was so intense during the first 10 years. I mean, I, I, everybody would think that I had a normal life, a good life, but that mm-hmm. was going on in the background. So I had that fear, but I also had the fear as a mother. I had the fear that my kids, uh, need, you know, were, were not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That they needed to be um, saved in a way by me, of course, <laughs> uh, and that um, you know they were lacking somehow from what it, it, They weren't fully equipped. To cope with life. Mm-hmm. And of course, when their brother died, um, I thought, you know, although it was kind of something quite big opened up for me, um, I went into a doing mode. So rather than trying to expect my uh, well-being to come from my husband, I gave him a break thought, all right, you know, it doesn't come from you, let me f- find it in the world. Let me find it out, out there and let me build it. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will be the one to, to make it happen. So I took everything on board, uh, Jackie, everything that I could take on board about my own health and especially the health of my loved ones, mm-hmm. my kids, our kids. So I trained. I did. I thought be, I had to be actively offering what they need, not going to a, someone else. I'll be the one
1: <laughs> <laughs> control in here somewhere oh <laughs> no, no,
0: no. Um, and so I did so for I, I studied for four years, I went to you know I did the, the homeopathy and i did I trained, and I kept training really for mm-hmm. the next ten years. it was all about training. And uh, and and working, some really great things happened then, and my, my relationship with my husband was uh, marginally better, because I wasn't looking at him for him for it. But I was always busy. Yeah. It's almost like — and almost I, I put it somewhere uh, with other things that need to be accepted, but they're not quite how they should be. But wait, you know, l- let's just accept that, put it to one side. And uh, in the meantime, we had all sorts of problems, financial loss and all sorts of, you know, other stuff. And um, so I became a doer and it was, uh, it was exhausting. At some point, I thought, oh my God. And it was never enough. Yeah. Just like it was never enough for my husband, it was never enough from the world and from my trainings and from the outside. So I was clearly still missing something, but I didn't know. But I had a sense. I thought, this is not quite enough. So, of course, you keep searching, you know. Um, and, um, and then my eldest son came home from uni with a depression. Mm-hmm. And that threw me off because I thought I know everything now, almost a lot, not everything, but I know a lot. <laughs> I have many tools. And still, I can't help my son who's having this very this phase of real kind of low low state of mind and and I became so worried again Mm -hmm. I went into a spiral spiraled down into depression myself and I had all the tools Jackie Mm -hmm. I had a heavy bag of tools which I was offering with love to everyone but uh, and making some different, I mean, helping people to find some more peace. But, you know, there was something missing. And sure enough, when he was going through his problems, I could not cope. I had a breakdown. And um, And somehow, somehow I made it back in my own way. I mean, that was... And I understand what it was that brought me back now. You know, we all have innate resilience. But uh, we tend to attribute it to something else or someone or specialist or whatever treatment. And I didn't stay there long. And when I was coming back, uh, the three principles were there waiting. So um, I... I was drawn to that because it was so simple. Because in my exhausted state, I didn't have to carry any tool bag. I didn't have to reach outside myself. I didn't even have to move from my couch, really. And uh, it was so simple. And I remember going to—I mean, hearing something straight away. I did. I didn't have to take long. And then I went to, and then you know it was. I couldn't believe that a conference was just on my doorstep. So I went to the conference and I heard something from one of the speakers and I was absolutely blown away with the experience of um, universal love and, and oneness and um I ont- I came home and I went to bed for two days feeling in absolute in this contemplation of this uh, infinite possibilities and love and it was um such kind of it, I've never I had never felt it to that extent although I did feel it from mm-hmm. time to time but also I felt that it was a hundred percent with within me mm-hmm. and the, and by the way, I can say within me and touch my chest without feeling that that's the wrong <laughs> place to point, okay? Yeah. Because they're just words. Who cares where it comes from, but we all have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and from then onwards, my relationship changed. I remember the days, uh, and I, I couldn't put a finger on it straight away, but Whatever was there before fell away, and whatever I saw, whoever I saw in front of me was a new man, Mm -hmm. and whoever was looking at this new man was uh, a different woman.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) and it was me, not who I thought I was.
1: Yeah,
0: and it was him, not who I thought he was and um and then in a very human kind of ordinary way I started to enjoy my marriage I started to fall naturally fall into the moment with him Um, and that to me it sounds a cliche but to me it's like Like, I remember a holiday we had, the first one, we had just the two of us after years and years. And before we would go on holiday and um, it wouldn't be very different, the feeling, I wouldn't really have the holiday feeling. I would Mm -hmm. just take with me the thinking Mm -hmm. I had at home. I would take him with me and my suitcases, apart from being heavy from all the shoes that I had to take. They were heavy from the thinking I took with me which was the same I had at home. So my experience of us together was still more or less the same with some breaks here and there because you think I'm on holiday, so it's different. But, mm-hmm. And I remember being on holiday with, with him and feeling like I was 16 years old. Oh, <laughs> After that, Honest to God, 16 years old, fresh, present, mm. um, like engaged, not in my head. And, uh, and of course he, he saw the difference. This poor man, you know, saw this woman <laughs> going through all sorts of phases. And he's quite, I don't know what he went, what he went through really, because that's his reality. But he saw a different woman and a different wife. And I remember just looking at him as if I was looking at him for the first time. Mm. And that, that's still happening. Not like on a daily basis, or like we are in this bubble of you know, but it's ordinary and fresh and um, and uh, not burdened so much by the thinking that I had mm-hmm. about us or about what it should or shouldn't do or about how it sh- you know how the whole thing should look to me. There was always a way that it should look. Mm-hmm. Huh? So um, I I'm not burdened by that so uh, much. He see he's a musician, so he's like it's just come back from um, a, a tour, sixty dates, he was away for four months, okay? In the past, that would have really you know put me in a really Painful place because I want to be with him because you never know because you're jealous because you're like I, f- I would have felt I would have had so much insecure thinking about mm-hmm. that and instead now it's like I was smiling today when I hugged him. It's like I fall immediately into the moment when it comes back as if it hasn't gone away but when he goes away, I fall immediately into the moment as if you know, I'm just without him. It's like, it's weird. <laughs> so I'm, ha- I'm so happy for him. And I'm so, when I think of him, I smile. And there's not much else going on for me. I'm just happy for him. There's not layers of other thoughts and things that, you know, it's, it's so simple and yeah. he's so unburdened. That experience is not burdened by everything else that I would add on. So I get to then fall into my life with or without him and loving what's there. Mm-hmm. And that for me is the greatest form of love that I can give my husband or my children or anyone else. When I can um, be self, I mean, <laughs> be, when I can feel that, the love ultimately comes from it's it's available regardless it is mine and I am it and I don't have to look outside I don't have to look anywhere I don't have to and it sounds like yeah but then what's the point you know to people you know who are close and married they should really want to be and I do but I'm not in the yearning I'm not in the, in the state of mind of luck if mm-hmm. it's not with me. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? And I, 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 completely, I completely know what you're talking about, Liliana. Jerry and I have always kind of, you know, that space has always been available to us. Jerry and I married, I was 28 and he was 29. And he kind of has always naturally lived in this space we're talking about, Liliana. Me, not so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And I used to think, why is he so non-reactive? Why doesn't he react to things? And I would get all up in my head about, about you know, why he wasn't responding the way that I thought he should respond. I remember one of his friends was in a, a car crash and passed away. And we, we'd only been married three years and we had two children. And I just thought, this man's like a robot. Why is he not crying? Why is he not wailing? You know, and, and, and I just couldn't understand it. And as this understanding of the principles that we're talking about became clearer and clearer and clearer to me, I saw that he was responding to life in each and every moment. And I had spent the vast majority of my life from age 27 up until my mid-40s when we, we learned about this understanding. I'd spent it in a reactive state. Because somewhere along the line, I kind of lived from this space when I was younger, my parents kind of were, 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 you know, sort of really calm, you know, sort of humble, loving human beings, and I was fine until I went into the pharmaceutical industry, and then I got insecure and all sorts of strange thinking being in the corporate world. And then I got married, and then I had children, and I was just reeling. There was so much going on, I wasn't grounded. So when you talk about you know your experience, I think that's the experience of many women, many mm-hmm. many women that there's so many changes physically happen to us, and and I know mm-hmm. I used to be a midwife, and I know that you, I don't know if you're still doing your doula work, but it's it's amazing to watch how women transform, and not always not always neatly. You know, they're, they're following their intellect or listening to what everybody else is saying instead of following instinctively what it is they're meant to do because mm-hmm. they think someone else is better or knows more or...
0: hmm mm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, I never really um, reflect on much on the fact that there is a lot of stuff going on for us women and that it's... Um, Definitely a place for kind of reflecting on that Mm -hmm. and for sharing that because um, I know that spiritually we are equal and uh, in terms of you know we are what we are true essence. Then in this world of form and these lives of ours, you know, there's so much going on for us that um, you know kind of um can easily can easily you know be perceived in, in 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 you know in a very personal very painful way for women you know yeah and,
1: and, and it's these experiences that help us evolve that help us learn more about ourselves and about life and that's what i enjoy is is knowing that I'm always okay. So through everything I've been through, three live births, one, you know, one miscarriage, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that I was always okay. And by trusting myself, my, my innate self, everything always worked out the way that it was meant to work out. And that none of these experiences that I had, Liliana, were either good or bad. They were just experiences bringing me along in that path of being the best human being that I could possibly be so that I could then teach my children. And -hmm. then they can teach their children. Because you imagine your children not having to go through what you went through. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's
0: interesting you say that because... um, it would be amazing, and uh, I did have a bit on it uh, for a while. <laughs> in terms, and of you do. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> I found this amazing thing. Let me let me show it to them. But not as much as I did in the past with other things, because I had the sense that unless they see it for themselves, then whatever I brought uh-huh. to them, it won't have much value, you know, unless they see it for themselves. And then you see. With that, because that's a, it used to be a very sensitive, um, point for me, you know, my children and their well being, and, um, and, um, I, I, even with the understanding, I would struggle. That could easily be my blind spot. Yeah. And to a certain extent, it still is sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I snap out of it quite quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think um, one of the most major shifts in my level of consciousness or my understand level of understanding about mothering as well, the motherhood, and mm-hmm. was when I had, just like I have felt a letting go that I didn't do, it just happened naturally about my relationship, about, you know, and the massive shift in my experience of it. Mm-hmm. At some point, it also happened with my kids because I almost felt like well in very basic words, it felt it's what a big what so what's a big deal if they if they suffer a bit if they you know break up with a yeah. hard if they uh if and I just had a deep sense that they are they were fully equipped fully mm. equipped to cope fully equipped I and and I thought what a relief it's not on me it's not on me it's not on me and just recently just to say because my son my 28 year old son has come back to live with us because he's doing a master mm-hmm. and that was my idea said come back and if you still want to work whilst you do the master you, you we can save the money for you and you can you know, have, have a down payment at the end. So mm-hmm. I, anyway, it's come back. And what did I do for the, like, the first week? Because he's fasting, he's a vegan, he's all got this <laughs> thing going on. Okay? And as an Italian mother, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, can you imagine for an Italian mother that feeds everyone that her son <laughs> is fasting? It's like, I couldn't bear it. I couldn't mm-hmm. bear it. You know? I said, you can't possibly fast. Um, and I know the value of fasting, but i had forgotten. i have forgotten because, you know, you, you know it's a big lad and he needs to eat. Anyway, so what did I do? I thought for one week, I thought, let me do what I used to do. And I used to do it so well. Let me worry. <laughs> so, that's, that, that, sounds, that looks like a good idea, sensible thing to do. Okay. I used to be so good at it. Let mm-hmm. me just do it again. <laughs> so... And so hey, that? <laughs> it was bloody hard and it was like horrible and I thought what the heck am I doing you know mm. it's not even helping and I remember and I did all the things I used to do all the you know the talking and the persuading and the teaching I was teaching all the time yeah <laughs> and then I woke up in fear from a fearful uh state of mind as well mm. because I thought no I have to you know and all along forgetting that he had done brilliantly well on his own for several years, you know, <laughs> anyway. So, uh, but I woke up one morning and I thought, Oh my God, what am I doing? You know? And I, I, I thought I keep talking to the problem, what I perceive to be a problem, keep talking to the problem and I'm not talking to love. And I heard a voice, I swear to God, I heard a voice say, speak talk to love speak to love don't speak to the problems speak to love don't speak to the problem and and i and that took care of everything it yeah. was magic i completely went to a completely different way of, of perceiving the whole thing and you know there there was no problem anymore
1: and did so, you both laugh about it afterwards
0: yeah <laughs> i but you see we have a a, a whatsapp um um group the yeah. family was like because we are everywhere in the world and stuff so i shared the whole thing on whatsapp and then of course and then he came home and he hugged me and he said oh mom you know it was so cool that's something that i wouldn't have done i would have mm-hmm. stayed in my own separate reality thinking that it was right yeah but i totally saw his separate reality i had such an appreciation for the separate reality kind of gift that we get to appreciate mm-hmm. when uh, that that's what happens to everyone. You know, we have a, and if we think that we are right and they're wrong, then forget it. So we have our own different thoughts going mm-hmm. through us all the time, oh. creating a different reality. Yeah.
1: So that's that's a wonderful story. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of other people listening who've been through something similar like that. I remember my oldest daughter, you know, when she was younger, would fall into this kind of like victim kind of phase about things. And like you, I tried to to teach them the principles and then gave up very quickly because there was a lot of eye-rolling and it's just your thinking, and, you know, and it wasn't going anywhere. So I just started living from this space, not intentionally, just as you learn more and you see more, you drop down into a much nicer place. I remember one day sitting in the kitchen, Liliana, and, and she was getting all up in her head about stuff and she was starting to sound like a victim again. And I said, Megan, why, why are you doing that? What's that about? And she spoke back to me really sharply. And I left the room because I knew that the conversation wasn't going to go, you know, you know, you know what it's like, Two low states of mind. It just doesn't work. And I got upstairs, Liliana, and the thought that came to mind, that fresh thought that came to mind was... <laughs> Why, if I'm willing to accept my own humanity, why am I not accepting (laughs) (laughs) others? There you are. (laughs) Oh my freaking goodness, you know. And I came right down the stairs and I hugged her and I said, I'm really sorry. Really, really sorry. I said I just didn't see that. And Mm. and I tend I do I do that with my kids all the time, and I'm sure you do too, Mm -hmm. if you know I'm not where I'd like to be and something happens or I say something or Mm -hmm. we're not talking about living in a perfect world here. We're talking about living in a very sort of unashamedly human space where life flows through us and sometimes we catch these low moods and sometimes we don't and we have experiences. So I love sharing when I get lost with my children because it gives them permission Mm -hmm. to be okay with that themselves. Mm.
0: Yeah, I know. I love that, and I love that. Is sense of uh, almost um, an inevitability is inevitable. Almost that mm-hmm. at some point we see, and um, that seems to be in the background of my life. That kind of sense that is inevitable. That I will see
1: mm-hmm. what
0: I can't see now. Um, it's a, by nature will reveal itself so um, it's funny because i can be human and i can go through moments of not seeing of being blind to mm-hmm. the truth uh of my my true self and everyone's true self and i can be blind to that but and i still have a sense that it's Inevitable that I will, it will show up. Inevitable that it will take care of things for me without. And it's a, it's a bit of a paradox because when you're in it, the, the very kind of, the, the, the experience of being it can only happen if you kind of at some level forget. <laughs> but at the same time, there is a softness or, a, I don't know if I can say softness, but it's annoying that um, there's something that's going to show up that's going to be helpful yeah. because there is so much evidence. And I was with um, uh, Elsie Spittle and she kept call, talking about evidence. Mm-hmm. And I love the way she did because with all the work, the prison work and the community work, we're all forever gathering evidence, all right? But if you're talking about even a more subtle kind of evidence, that shows up in yeah. everyone, whether you know the principles or not, evidence of a deeper intelligence, evidence of a, of a, um, uh, deeper order that we are not always seeing or experiencing or or kind of consciously knowing, mm-hmm. but there is evidence because it's you know it's because that's who we are and where we come from and what we're made of. And it's observable everywhere. Everywhere we look in nature, we see it. Everywhere we look, when we look at our bodies, our perfect, they function. You know, there's evidence everywhere. But then when we look at our, the human experience, there is evidence in that as well. Because um, without even knowing the three principles, there is, a, there is a way that we kind of wake up. There is a way that we are not depressed 24-7. There's something that is, is kind of bubbling up that is talking about that innate well-being that mm-hmm. is reminding us of that innate well-being. It's like is like something bubbling up that it pops and says, you're well, you're well, you're, you know, and, and whatever you're experiencing is made up, is not real. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it would be real 100% of the time and it never is, it never yeah. is. I
1: know, so, I, al- I always remember George Pransky talking about that and saying that, or, or no, it was Bill Pettit actually talking about a woman who came to see him, a grandmother who came to see him who said that she was depressed all of the time. And Bill, you know, spoke to her and said, well, you know, what's it like when your grandchildren come around and she's, her face lit off and everything got animated. And Bill pointed out to her, you know, you're not depressed all of the time. And, and she hadn't seen that. She was just living in the feeling of her thinking when she was in that low mood without seeing that her experience shifted naturally yeah. through the need, depending on what was going on. So I, I love that. I love that story. And I love what you've just just described there too, Liliana. Mm. Mm. I would love to have you back on the podcast, Liliana, because there's so much more I'd love to speak to you about, mm-hmm. about your prison work and about the work you're doing in schools. But we're kind of, we're running short of time. Okay. <laughs> I waffled um, on, I waffled on. Tristan. Oh, you didn't. I mean, Do you know what I love about the conversations I'm having, Liliana, is... It's about sharing and about sharing from your heart about our humanness and not being afraid to talk about that, not being ashamed of that, not being ashamed to say, Do you know, for the first 10 years of my marriage, I just, I, I felt lost. I felt there was something else outside of me. I felt lack, and then the second, you know, sort of 10 years of my marriage, you know, yeah, I kind of got it a wee bit together, but I felt I needed to be in control. And then this next phase, it's different. And what's different about what you're sharing is, is that you found peace of mind in your journey. And every experience that you've had throughout that has brought you to this space and makes it, more important that you share that because you're not alone, Liliana. You you know that yourself. Mm. So many women and men don't feel they can talk about that. I mean, I, I had a chat with Ancash Jane the other day there, you know, and I said to him, What was it like when you first started living with your wife? And we both burst out laughing and he said <laughs> He says, why does nobody tell you about that when you first start living with your brother? (laughs) You know the thing about the dishes and hanging up the washing? He says, it's like there's a strange code that nobody speaks about. (laughs) The point of this podcast is to talk about the stuff people aren't speaking about to to normalise it. Mm, Lovely. Yeah thank you so much for being my guest liliana and on the show notes i will put your information so people can find you if they want to work oh. with you want to want to be part of your programs but um, you will be back as a guest trust oh, me <laughs> thank you so much jackie and it's been a
0: pleasure thank you and and uh, i look forward to seeing you again connecting again in the future
1: me too thanks liliana all
0: the, all the best to you and bye. everyone else bye bye, bye. You could be larger than
1: life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every